are back. Welcome into another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 18th, and Theodore and Jets Nation, the boys are back in town. Jets players are reporting to camp. We've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We've got the Quinn and Williams extension celebration. We've got some hard knocks stuff to get into. Before we get to all of that, before I welcome in Teddy here, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same as the YouTube channel. Got, I think, a couple subscribers within the last week, one or two. So I, I appreciate that. Nice, I nice. appreciate the people supporting. Shout out so you guys. Thank you for that. Make sure to follow Teddy at uh, on Twitter at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake with four A's. Uh, Theodore, you've had a, a very fun uh, week. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm I'm doing okay. I do real quick. You said it was the 18th. It's the 19th today. Oh, this the will 19th. Come out tomorrow. First day of training camp. Big Damn. news. Exciting things. Uh, I felt um, so good I'm about that okay. open, too. I felt so good about I that open. I it was, just, it was just going a little well. bit off. I caught you there, though. I, I don't want our listeners to be confused. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm doing good. I actually, my car was just stolen um in rochester yesterday which yeah you know so so it's been a little bit of a stressful uh last 24 hours but it it happened right before i went to go see post malone still waited to the concert which was a blast they found the car you know i'm dealing with all the things so so you know i'm choosing not to focus on that and to focus on the jets to prepare i've been watching hard knocks all day just the old hard knocks on youtube from the last time the jets did it um, which has been a, a lot of fun. So yeah, you know, feeling good. I'm ready to dive in and, and, you know, we got an extension to talk about, which is awesome. And we have goddamn training camp here, you know, players reported and, and getting things rolling, which is really, really exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. So sorry to hear about your car, but uh, things are on the come sorry, up. Right. What did the police we'll officer okay. recommended that you get a Tesla, correct? That's what he said. Yeah. That, Basically, Kias are really easy to steal. I have a Kia and and the guy was just roasting me the whole time. He's like, you're still driving this Kia around? I'm like, bro, I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess I guess Kias are the easy ones to steal these days. Um, and he wanted me to get a Tesla. Yeah, good. <laughs> Teslas are fun. Um, Teddy, the, the Jets are back. Um, fun kind of snippet this really isn't like a conversation but just to talk about how excited the fan base is at this current moment with this upcoming season um tickets to training camp thousands of them sold out in three minutes upon being released on the jets website the website almost crashed took under five minutes to sell out tickets to training camp just uh i, I if anything just i like to reiterate how exciting of a season we are uh you know about to experience um Hopefully it doesn't fall flat on our face. Hopefully it, it it plays out the way that we all expect that it could. But um, nonetheless, a very exciting start for a fan base that is very passionate and excited to see see the Jets be good for, for the first yeah. time in a while. Definitely love to see it. It is funny, you know, going back, thinking of, of how training camp used to be with all open practices. And, you know, now there's only four or five a year and the green and white scrimmage. Um, the, the change over the past 10, 12 years has been pretty crazy. Um, but no, it's exciting. I mean, people are excited to see this team and get out there and I totally get it. I think training camp is an awesome time. And if you can, you can get out there and see those boys early, that's the best way to scratch the football itch when you're, when you're still stuck in July and August. Nothing was better than being a, a teenage kid. And you know, this more than anybody, because you did not miss Facts. a practice, but just heading over just like a quick 
quick bike ride for you. Honestly, it wouldn't have been a bad walk either. Just yep. heading right to to SUNY Cortland campus, watch training camp, go with the Jets Fest where you're running through the the uh, inflatable kind of maze that they had there yeah, too. The it was all, it was a stuff. great it was a great experience. Um, in a few years that were really enjoyable and and obviously crafted a very passionate uh fan here in Teddy Pristash. So training camp on the horizon. It's Let's a good go. time to be alive. Um, other news from around the league, just something that we had talked about for a little bit um, at the time that he was uh, still a free agent. DeAndre Hopkins uh, signs a two-year deal with the Tennessee Titans, uh, about worth up to at max what I saw, maybe like thirty-two million over the two years with incentives. Um, he was choosing between the Titans and the Patriots. It seems like the Patriots were willing to go there money-wise. Um, what did you think of the signing? Uh, what did you think of his decision to, I guess, go with a team that could be, you know, deemed as the favorite in in their respective division in a lackluster AFC South, but still not something where it was like, you know, at first it was like, oh, are the Bills or the Chiefs going to sign him? And it's like, no, the the, the Titans are, are going to get him. It's weird. Yeah. I, you know, I guess as a Jets podcast, I think the main takeaway for us here is he didn't sign with the Patriots or the Bills, Always you know, fun. which is a positive makes it a little easier for us um, to not have to deal with him, I guess, in the division. Um, definitely interesting. He's signing with the Titans because <clears throat> you would think he would kind of ring chase and you would think that some of these other teams would be willing to kind of get that done. But he obviously does sign for a ton of money as a guy who's aging out of the league a little bit. And, you know, I, I think that we as fans, after seeing a Titans team with, you know, a Ryan Tannehill, injury and everything that happened to them last year it's really easy to see them being terrible I think in their minds there's maybe more of a you know let's try to just go all in and we still have Derrick Henry we still got some pieces like let's try to win so it kind of makes sense from that perspective but I mean do I think the Titans are going to be all that great this year not particularly um so you know interesting I'm happy he didn't sign with with one of our rivals in the AFC East um and the Titans definitely needed a receiver so yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah it makes a, makes a lot of sense for the Titans. Um, I, I think of them as I think of New England, where they're not just going to bottom out for a season. I don't think there's a season where they're like, oh, we're going to tank for an X amount of picks. So I think they were looking at their team saying, we're in a relatively bad division. We could probably still push for you know the division title or the wild card spot. Um, but to me, for DeAndre Hopkins, I look at it as just like a money thing at this point, and there's no state income tax in Tennessee. I don't know if you know that. It's a fun place to live. Not. That's right? oh, it's, it's fantastic. I, I love it. I love living here, um, except for the fact that the Titans are here. Um, but regardless, I, I looked at it as more of like a financial thing where Hopkins didn't look at the Chiefs, didn't look at the Bills because they didn't have the money to offer him. They looked at the, the uh, Patriots and, and the Titans, um, both needed a receiver, both kind of middle-of-the-pack teams but both were able to offer him a decent amount of money. He was looking for that Odell type contract, which, you know, the jets were never really in on, which I think is funny because up to a certain point, they were in on Odell until the money came from Baltimore. Um, and, and it seemed like Deandre was probably looking for that same type money. Um, he gets the average year and I believe he gets a, you know, did Odell sign a one year deal or was he a multiple? I can't even remember now, but still the money on an average year basis was around the same. Um, but yeah, he goes to uh, he goes to Tennessee. The Jets were never really in on it, but yeah, nice to not have him in the division at least. Although I'm saying that while he's in the Colts division, so you know. Yeah, I believe it's a one year deal. Yeah. 
So, you know, I, I guess that brings us on to really the two big things that we're here to talk about, Teddy. D you know, the, the Jets were never in on DeAndre Hopkins, but they certainly were always in on landing Quinn and Williams. Let's talk about transition there. Fuck yeah, sign me up. Quinn and Williams oh, yeah, great work. signs a four-year, $96 million contract extension. Um, I, I One of these days, Teddy, I want us to have news break on a Monday or a Tuesday so we can actually discuss it and not have to wait a week <laughs> for it to happen. Hard knocks that we're going to get into and this Quinn and extension happened the day or two after we finished recording last week's pod. So we're a little late to getting this in, but we're here nonetheless. Um, contract comes in. He lands the second highest average value in the league, uh, 24 million a year behind Aaron Donald, uh, you know, who is up at like 31.67 million a year and $500,000 above the next highest guy Titans uh, defensive tackle, Jeffrey Simmons. So um, to me, it seemed from the start, we said this from the beginning that a deal was going to get done. We knew it was going to get done. The holdout for a while was Quinnen over the years that he wanted um, if you take a look at the way that Joe Douglas has structured a lot of his big contracts, it's been a three-year deal where it's two years with the guaranteed money and the third year is kind of, uh, we're going to get to that third year and decide if we're going to keep you on the team or not. Quinnen didn't want that. And so Joe Douglas budged here for the first time really and, and went for a three-year deal with that fourth year being a, a larger sum. And it's like a, hey, we'll see where we're feeling three years from now. So Quinnen gets his way with the years. The money is kind of around where we expected it to be. Um, what were your feelings, you know, when the deal struck and you were like, okay, we've got this all settled before camp starts. And now we can go in here as a, one big happy family. Yeah, definitely primary, primarily like relief, you know, um, I think on the first podcast really that we talked about this, this off season, both of our takeaways was just kind of like, it's not an option to not have Quinn and Williams suit up for you this year and be on this team. You know, he is a star player in the middle of your defense. Um, I will say with the deals, I mean, that is kind of shocking to me because like if Quinnen had signed a three-year deal with, you know, only two years guaranteed, like that would have been shocking to me in a way because yeah. he's that good of a player. Um, I, I think it's just, we need like, <clears throat> it's just really exciting to have this guy who was a, a first team all pro last year, you know, that's top two at the, freaking position and the AP uh, all pro team, which like that right there is such an accomplishment. You look at his sack numbers, you know, his rookie year, he had two and a half and then moves up to seven, then six. And then this last year gets 12. I mean, what did we always say about Quinn and Williams last year? And in the previous years, we always said, we need this guy to step up and, and really be that game breaker that you see, like affect the game every single week. And I really think he was able to accomplish that last year. Um, you know, really a breakout year in year four in that contract year, um, which, you know, I think he deserves the money. I never had a problem with that. And, you know, when we talked about somewhere landing between, you know, where Jeffrey Simmons was and where Aaron Donald was like, we are on the lower end of that. So it, it does kind of seem like a win from that regard. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, they kind of could have signed him for whatever. And I'd probably be saying it's good because this was a guy we needed to have. So the fact that we got it done, you know, especially a couple of weeks before training camp or a couple of days before training camp, it, it, it feels good to get it done. Yeah. The, the Aaron Donald money was never like, I was never like, Oh, yeah. they're going to be at like 28, 29 a year. Cause Aaron Donald's a different type of player. And that was really a contract to convince him to not retire, you know, almost still in the prime of his career. You know, this, this contract will be surpassed probably by the, the end of um, training camp because Chris Jones is due for an extension. And 
all things considered, he was, uh, you know, uh, Quinnen was on the all pro team this past season, but Chris Jones has had, I guess, maybe the, the longer, you know, sustainability of being a top defensive tackle in this league. So he'll surpass that number. He's, he's, you know, kind of been poking the bear. Yeah. He was, he was the other all pro. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, it's, it's a matter of time before he gets his pay done. It was nice for Quinnen to, you know, wait for all these other names to get their contract extensions because he was able to say like, okay, everybody else is done. Yes, Chris Jones wants more money, but like I'm I'm in this tier, so put me above everybody else. So that's good to see. Um, I you know it just it, I liked the quotes from everybody. I don't know. I liked reading the news piece and hearing what everybody had to say. You know, Joe Douglas, we're thrilled to have Quinn in as a New York Jet for the foreseeable future. He embodies everything we look for in our players, leader on and off the field, does everything asked of him and more. Young ascending player who has shown a consistent ability to dominate the line of scrimmage and help this team win. We're happy to have the business of football behind us and turn our focus to getting ready for 2023. You know, Woody Johnson coming out. Quinnen is the epitome of a Jet. His commitment to this organization and our fans is consistently on display in his play, in his preparation, and in his work serving those in the area. Big Q to me. I just I love hearing this as well, too. The success of this organization is beyond important to me, and completing this deal allows me to turn all my attention to positively impacting that. I'm thrilled to put forth my best efforts alongside my brothers to get prepared for this season ahead of us. We got all this done before training camp. Yes, people were, you know, worried about him changing his Twitter bio and people are like, oh, the Jets, we we knew all along a deal was going to get done. It's fantastic that as we sit here with camps, you know, players reporting today, camp starting tomorrow, we're all here as one big happy family. And we're ready to get ready for the there, there's no more distractions, I guess, is the way I like to put it. Like, yes, you could yeah. take a look and be worried about Makai. And there's some other things with the team we'll discuss later in this. But as far as you know, lingering questions of players and their availability. This was the last big one that we wanted to see finish before training camp started. And we got to that point. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, now we can turn our focus to what us Jets fans love to talk about at the beginning of training camp, which is our two unsigned rookies, you know, with Will McDonald and uh, like, I forgot which other one we haven't signed yet, but you're right. You got, but I think those will get done soon enough. Yeah. It's no big deal. I, I think we're less worried about it this year than we have been in years prior. Um, it's just, just it's always kind of where we see this team, but it'll get done. It's continued to get done every year. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, Quinnen is, is everything to this defense going to see like him and his brother, both getting extended with the jets, you know, both going to be here for the next two to three years, at least, um, you know, it's just exciting. And he is that guy, you know, he is that absolute dominator on the defensive line that, you know, every team needs. And and I think as well, too, is is in this regime that we've seen, there have been some players that, you know, when they become frustrated or become unhappy with a current situation or a deal, they'll take it one way. You know, you think most notably about Elijah Moore, who's now with the Cleveland Browns. As soon as his situation turned sour, it was get me out of here. You know, I like to think of, you know, Denzel Mims at the beginning of training camp last year was like, uh, I, I don't want to be here anymore. And, and he stuck through, but there was never a vocal you know, complaint from Quinnen of, you know, hey, I've been on this team now for a few years. We've sucked. Get me out of here. He has always been, you know, like Woody Johnson says, the epitome of yep. the Jets. He is a guy that, you know, they have invested a lot into and he's rewarded them with great play on the field. So all things together, just really happy to see this deal get done. And, uh, and you know, you've got a, a player that's, you know, entering the prime of his career and he's being paid to do so. So um, very happy to see this deal get done. Shouts out to Joe Douglas Yay. and Quinn and Williams' agent. I know he he gave someone a second contract. 
He finally gave one of his guys it's a awesome. second contract. Good for Joe Douglas getting that done. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, uh, to see it. Well, we'll also see a lot of Quinnen coming up on uh, on this year's edition of HBO's Hard Knocks as the Jets, uh, and we've talked about this for a while. We kind of knew that this was coming. We even talked about it last week being like, yeah, it's going to be the Jets um, shortly after it was announced. <clears throat> Hard Knocks has asked the Jets to be uh, the subject of this year's show against the Jets' will, necessarily. We've heard Rodgers come out and players say as well, too. Salah said it a month or so back about how they just they didn't want the distraction of it. The distraction is here. Hard Knocks will be, uh, you know, covering the New York Jets throughout training camp. Um, the big wrinkle, and and I guess I should preface this, we're going to draft, we're, the fun part of this show coming up is we are going to draft the storylines that we're most excited for coming up. We're going to go back and forth four rounds. We're going to do a snake draft as well, too. I think there's a clear one, one. Teddy doesn't think so, so. We're, we're going to go back and forth here. Great storylines that, that we're personally just very excited to watch. Um, so you've got that. You've also, the the before we get to that, though, I think the biggest thing that's come out in the last few days that is a little bit worrisome is because the Jets have been so reluctant to be the subjects of this year's, um, you know, edition of Hard Knocks is they are not going to be giving the same type of coverage that teams of the past have allowed HBO to cover. Uh, most notably, this is, you know, they've already said they don't believe that the business of showing players getting cut from the team is appropriate to be, you know, televised. So we won't be getting any of that. It also just makes me think of some of the more not negative or sour, but maybe the maybe not the big fluffy pieces of, of happiness and joy. I, I'm not sure if we're going to get the full access to those parts of, of this show. So when, you know. Two-part questions, Hetty. Excited to finally know that the Jets are going to be there on Hard Knocks. I know the answer is yes to that, but also are you a little worried that we may not get the best product because the Jets have shown their reluctance to allow, you know, a deep, you know, dive into the organization? Yeah, I, I guess um, I guess my thoughts about it aren't as, like, concerned as, as I guess yours are or as negative about that. Um, I definitely think it's interesting that the Jets have been so vocal about not doing hard knocks. And I think it's interesting that even after kind of everyone knew that it was going to be a done deal, they can, they've kind of continued to speak out against it. You know, players on social media, uh, Aaron Rodgers at the golf event the other day, you know, saying yep. they completely forced it down our throats and now we have to deal with it. Those kind of things are kind of like, all right, that's a little odd. Um, it does make sense to me, I guess, that there was some type of um, compromise here because for a team that was really, really adamant against it and even at the point of like, okay, guys, it's going to be you despite your wishes, they were still trying to get out of it and push against it. Like, I think that's really interesting. Um, not being able to show the players being cut, you know, that is a bit of like an odd thing, especially because it's such a big deal and, and, you know, we're getting into the storylines later. And for me, not, I guess I didn't approach it so much as dream storylines as much as like, I believe that these are what they're going to talk about because oh, okay. Ardox just like loves to kind of, um, you know, you kind of, the story's written, like we said last week, like people are going to get cut. People are going to be, you know, fighting for their jobs. It is a little odd to not be showing that when that's kind of like the biggest thing that happens in training camp is cuts. But 
I don't completely disagree with the Jets takes that it's like, that's someone's job, you know, that's their livelihood. And, and you'll still know they're cut without necessarily showing like them walking out and getting their playbook and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I guess part of me hopes that this will take away a little bit. Some of the time spent on those fringe roster players Hmm. to put more focus on like the bigger stars you know, yeah. I guess yeah. that's how I was kind of hoping for it, but yeah. I, I didn't really see it as like a, oh my God, like we're not going to get the guys being cut and going to get their playbooks with like the assistant manager, you know, like that didn't really cross my mind. I'll say there's, there's one storyline that I, I'm hoping I get to draft when we do this in a little bit that is, that does deal it, with that. He's very, no, 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 don't, don't even go there. Don't even go there. Don't <laughs> I, even go there. We're is. not talking yet. We're not talking. We're not tipping picks. <laughs> But there's a storyline that I'm very intrigued about, and it is somebody who is not a guarantee to make the roster, just if you take a look at positions and how many people can fit in that position group, how many people, you know, are are usually carried on a roster at that position group. So, you know, there are those players that I'm interested in that I'm like, you know, can you really, are you going to go into the story if you know the end result, you're not going to be able to show? Like, I'm just, yeah. there's certain things that, I think are going to be different about it. Yes. There's still enough to talk about with the New York jets coming up. I mean, you could do an episode alone on a, on a numerous amount of guys, but um, it, it will be interesting to see, you know, I, I, I'm not tipping picks. I'll, I'll talk about them when we get there, but there's a few where I'm like, if they're not allowing maybe some of the negative stories to be told, are we going to get good stories on these select individuals? Yeah. And, and I guess my impression of it would be, that hopefully we will still get those stories but just not the intimate scenes of like yeah. hey let's get let's get x player in here and you know we're gonna let you go xyz whatever yeah. i think there might be more you know it, it may just be that robert sala handles that in a different way you know that's like more kind of humane and he probably does so that will be an interesting point to watch. You know, do we know when Hard Knocks premiered? I know we should probably know this, yeah, um, but with training do. camp starting up probably two, three weeks from now. It is going to be August 8th, August 2023. 8th. Okay. So a few weeks away. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see that. That is a good point. I guess I didn't really think about, I more just saw it as those specific scenes, but obviously you want them to be giving you a clear picture of both the positives and the negatives. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, training camp. That's what it's about, you know, especially for these guys who aren't guaranteed starters is they're trying to make that 53 man roster and they're trying to make the practice team. And, and, and that's a huge piece of it. So that will be interesting to see how they, how they kind of balance that all out. Um, but I, I, I guess just to say again, I was less concerned about that than you were. Yeah. I just, I, I you know, Hard Knocks, to me, the last few years, I haven't given too much attention to because it has been the same, you know, wash, rinse, repeat, same storylines. You've got the quarterback story. You've got the head coach. You've got the the funny, you know, uh, position coach. You've got the guy that's on the fringe of the roster, the guy that's dealt with injuries. Like, you know what stories you're getting. Right, exactly. This is a little bit different. This is a little bit different of a situation. It was a weird 
it's a weird situation that a team that was, you know, sitting right outside the playoffs gets, you know, selected in there. We talked about how rare it was for the Jets to be in a situation where they were asked to be, you know, the conditions that you fit into hard knocks. Like the right. Jets shouldn't be usually a team will volunteer. That. Exactly. Yep. So so here we are and there's some fun stuff to talk about. So, Teddy, anything else that you want to get into before we go into our draft? Now, I went from the storylines I'm most excited to see. Yeah, well, like well, well, I think the draft will will work out regardless of kind of how we approached it because I think that I think that we will be able to look back which storylines did we get to see that and and how accurate were we, you know, and and mm-hmm. which ones were the big ones and I think we'll be able to kind of see um who who nailed it. Um before we draft, I guess, just yeah. a little fodder about Hard Knocks. So so mm-hmm. as most people probably everyone listening to this knows, the Jets run the Hard Knocks in 2010 um, in their second year with Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan. Second Courtland, year in, New York. in training camp in Cortland, where Blake and I grew up. It was a great time. Um, and so I spent, like I said earlier, spent some of the day watching it. And it, it was just making me laugh. Like, like so obviously I'm going to watch every second of Hard Knocks this year because it's about the Jets, right? And But basically what Hard Knocks does for me every year is I get excited for football and I watch – and then I kind of get bored that we're focused on these like fringe players that yeah. don't really mean much and don't end up like playing and whatever. So in the last Jets Hard Knocks episode one, it took 13 minutes and 49 seconds. That was the time mark where they officially went from like the starters and the guys everyone knows about to just like a couple of backups, like share in a dorm room, you uh-huh. know, in Portland, New York. Um, a couple guys they were talking about Aaron Kia, Kevin Bassbed, both guys who got cut in the first episode. I know Bassbed had knee issues. I don't think he ever played. I don't know what happened to Kia, um, but just those names, you can kind of see how it's like, okay, no one really remembers those guys. Nope, not at all. Um, only other thing I wanted to say about Hard Knocks with the last time the Jets were on it, it really helps to show the evolution of um, football and the NFL as we know it because one of the big storylines of episode one is the fullback competition because the jets had Tony Richardson. They had the draft pick, John Connor, the terminator. And then they had this other guy, Jason Davis, who was kind of like a journeyman who was pretty good. And that was like a huge deal. Like which one of the, we bring in three good fullbacks, which one of these guys is going to win the job? Like, and now they just like let the backup tight end be the fullbacker. You know what I mean? So, so it's just funny to see like, What's you can changed. really see how much the NFL has changed just from things like that, man. Yeah, I remember, you know, even to the point the NFL, even in the last like five years, I remember when the Rams were the subject of hard knocks and it was still who's the guy, Jeff Fisher with the mustache. And it was Jared Goff's rookie season. And they were just like in dorm rooms in 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 uh, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if it was UCLA or UC, UC, USC, but. You know, just like the difference of of the life that the players are now living in training camp, they definitely try to make it a little bit more comfortable than stuffing them in yeah, college dorms, for especially sure. for the Jets when it was like a D3, you know? I truly think, it's, and I mean, the Bills still do it at St. John Fisher. Like, people still yeah, travel places. Yeah. Um, I think a big thing with the Jets in Cortland is like, like, it's far away. It's really inconveniencing these guys. What do you got? We, you had you had the insider tip. There was almost a point in which it was going. I know. I know. There was, you never there know. It was almost there. It, it, um, was. Yeah, no, it would be. It's an interesting thing. A lot of a lot of these NFL coaches, I think, like the when Rex did it in Cortland, I think the point was to, you know, give away. these guys a training camp experience where they're away and they're only focused on football and all these things. 
which is fine. But then you remember, like, these are millionaires who are professional athletes <laughs> who all have families and all have people who live in New Jersey. It's like it makes a lot more sense to allow these guys to go home and kind of have that. And they're they're um, spending they're spending their summers going to Doug's Fish Fry. Right. Just, literally in the dark <laughs> the horse. The dark horse. And, and the red jug. Oh. Yeah. So funny. I, I I would have loved to have been, you know, old enough at that point to be uh, someone that could like walk into those bars. Yeah, Obviously, go to those we bars younger those at this time. But um, you know, it's uh I'm getting some audio playing elsewhere. I touched something with my AirPod. All right, got that fixed. That was weird. You okay. Yeah, I, I touched my AirPod and it started playing the episode of the yak that I was listening to. Nice. So I started I hearing love the Kate yak. in Shout my out. ear. So that's funny. Um there was something else I was gonna bring up about Cortland. I can't remember now. Oh yeah, I would have loved for that if to like come to fruition where they did come to Cortland again for training camp this year. Oh my god. Could you imagine just like your Twitter account or like the Chasing 69 account breaking that news and just being like, ah, oh, can you credit us, please? Yeah. Yes, no, the one with the awesome. one with 50 tweets and like 500 yes. followers. Can you give us a little credit <laughs> here? We were on yep. that first. Yeah. Because I definitely yeah. I would have replied to everybody being like, please credit. Please credit. It would it would have been fun if the Jets had had ever if they ever go back to Cortland that will be a blast and, and I you know, I a would couple local boys like me and Blake I know I'll, probably everyone who listens to this goes from Jersey and is like pissed at us. <laughs> I'd go back and spend my summer in Cortland. I, yeah, I if, if at this point like with I'd us doing the show day. too like I would I would go stake out for a month. I'd be like, hey mom, I'm coming back home. Yeah, hell probably, yeah. probably tell my dad, but you know, regardless. Um, anyways, Teddy, we're starting off a draft of a hard knock storylines that we are most looking forward to. I thought there was a clear one, one we're going to do a snake draft. So I'll give you two and three um, to get things started. To me, the clear and obvious number one storyline here for hard knocks is Aaron Rodgers. Best quarterback to grace, you know, the green and white Jersey since Joe Namath. Um, he is, you know, brought in here to be the attitude adjuster for this franchise, to be the guy that is taking them from mediocrity to, you know, below mediocrity to mediocrity is the bare minimum of what you're going to get out of Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback here. Um, you know, getting the storyline of his decision and him evaluating his options this past offseason and taking a look at the Jets and saying, nope, this is the place that I want to be. This is the opportunity like Brady had in Tampa, like Matt Stafford had in Los Angeles. This is where I am going to continue on my career, prove to you know the doubters of the world that I still have stuff left in the tank, that I'm still one of the greatest quarterbacks in the game, and I'm going to take a team that is ready to win but just needs a leader at the quarterback position and bring them to the playoffs and hopefully even further towards a potential Super Bowl championship. So when I looked at all the storylines, like there's there's some really there's a lot of great stuff here, but Aaron Rodgers is the story of this Jets team. The Jets would not be, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers was not on the Jets, would we be would we be looking at hard knocks here in Washington and looking at Sam Howell over Zach Wilson? Like that to me, Aaron Rodgers becoming a New York Jet is the reason that Hard Knocks is here in New Jersey. So um he's he's my number one uh pick here for this draft. Yeah, yeah, good pick. Good pick. I the only reason I was hesitant when you said that is I didn't know if that would be like too broad, I guess. But yes, Aaron Rodgers, gotcha. it will be a huge part of this, obviously, because that is what gives our team so much expectations, you know. Um, I guess I had on my list, I had, you know, a question mark next to Aaron Rodgers. Uh it's just interesting to see him. And his demeanor, you know, and 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 say he doesn't want to be a part of it, like 
And it's not like he's just a, a young, you know, early player in the league. You know, he has a lot of control over what he does, I feel like. So is there any worry that there's going to be some lack of Aaron Rodgers? Like, obviously, we're going to get the football stuff and we're going to get that. Do you think we get any Aaron Rodgers backstory? You know, do, are we going to see the inside of his house? Are we going to, you know, meet his girlfriend if he has one? You know, like, these are all questions. See, I'm more focused on the outside of football stuff at the moment. Mm, interesting. <laughs> but I'm yeah, just curious because a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know, he, he doesn't seem like maybe the most open guy in the world. I'll tell you what, there's one quarterback in the league I know that goes and sits on a, one of the biggest NFL shows weekly Bro. during the season and talks for 30 to 40. Aaron Rodgers, to me, he loves to talk shit about loves the media the and the publicity, but he loves being the topic of conversation. You know, he didn't need to text Adam Schefter, lose my number. Yep. He didn't need to do all this stuff. He loves being the center of attention, and there's no better place to do that than being in New York as the you know talking point of hard knocks. I don't know if we'll get everything. I'm sure he's going to want to just make it mostly football focused. I don't, he's never been someone to really get into his personal life. And, and, you know, there's a lot of his personal life that we know he doesn't have, you know, great familial relationships. You know, his family isn't too close with him. He's got, you know, it, there's a lot of stories with him in his personal life that we will never really hear the, the true, you know, his side to. So I don't know if we'll get that, but we'll get, you know, why he chose to come to the Jets what made this the right decision for him to continue his career? Why he chose to give up, you know, almost 20 years there in Green Bay. Um, so I think he, he will be the center of all of the football conversations. Um, I, I would love to get into his personal life. I don't think it'll be that way. But um, regardless, like I just, you know, I, one thing that I heard hours ago before we taped this, um, Diana Rossini was a guest on the Ryan Rossillo podcast and was talking about, um, Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets and just like what that was going to bring because she she believes that they're going to win the AFC East. And oh, yeah. um, she really highlighted the fact that, you know, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala had been trying to cultivate a um, a new culture for an organization that was desperate of a change for over the last two decades. And it was going well and they're getting these pieces in place. But what they were missing was this leader who comes in and just like, has already walked the walk, you know, the, right. the jets were preaching, talk the talk to all these young up and coming players, but to then bring in a former MVP, a super bowl champion, people in the organization were texting Diana Rossini within hours of him being in the organization and being like, shit has changed. This is different. So to me, the, this is going to be such a huge impact. You know, we already all know that, but I think it's going to be more so than we, than we imagine yeah. because they have somebody in there now that is, the established winner. It's not a first time head coach. It's not a first time GM. It's not a two rookies of the year. It is a guy that has been around for decades, has been one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game. And he is here now to take this team to the next level. Yeah. And I think you nailed it. I think if, it, you know, we're going to get to episode one, there's going to be some type of opening, you know, about, about the team, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Aaron Rodgers is probably the number one thing they talk about. Um, Cause that's what's on everyone's mind. So I think that's a great pick. Um, my first pick, I was gonna say, you've got two now, where are you going? Yeah. So I have two. So for my first one, I, I'm going to go with one that, that I'll get, like, I'm go. I really think this will be in episode one. Like I think probably right after Aaron Rodgers, I think they're going to talk about this. And I think that's going to be, um, you know, a bit of a combination of, of the Quinn and Williams extension 
you know, into Quincy's extension as well earlier in the offseason and and you know, some aspect of the two of them outside of of the Jets facility, just at a house, you know, having like a family day or like something like that. And I think there's going to be a huge focus on like, look, there's two brothers on the same NFL team, you know, because you know, remember, did you know right. that Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey are brothers that played in the Super Bowl <laughs> this year? <laughs> Wild. <Crazy>. Wild. <laughs> So yeah, that's going to, that's going to be one like almost for sure. And I don't, I, I come close to guaranteeing it. Um, oh, yeah. You, you have to remember too, like the hard knocks is for everybody, right? Not just Jets fans, lots of people all over the country watch it. So there might be people who don't even know that Quincy Williams is Quinn Williams brother yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so even though that's kind of like an easy one, I think they're going to get that in and, and you think about it, you know, your best player, most established player on offense is Aaron Rodgers. On the flip side of that, you know, that guy is Quinn and Williams. You know, he's the best player on the defense right now. He's the number one guy. Um, so it's obviously going to be focused on him and what he brings and then bringing in the family aspect. I almost guarantee we get these two just like hanging out by a pool with Quinn and yeah. newborn or something like that. Um, so that's where I'm going. Yeah, I like it. I, I think the, the, it would have been really interesting if the deal hadn't gotten done to see how they would have tried to cover it. Because like we've said, you're not getting the full access on that stuff. Would they have been, would a Douglas and Solid been as willing to discuss Quinn and if he was walking into training camp without a deal, what if he didn't report, what if right. he was sitting out, but he was, you know, sitting in essentially where the players will show up, but they're not participating. We avoid that drama of it where now we can just focus on the positives, but totally agree. You know, it was, it was the big lingering off season story and it's something that can now be celebrated alongside his, his brother Quincy as well. Yeah. And real quick, quick interjection. I meant to bring this up before we started drafting. Um, do you think they will address the fact that the jets didn't want to do hard knocks on the first episode of hard knocks? Will that be mentioned or will that just be buried? I don't think they're going to bring kind it up. Kind of bad publicity for Yeah, I don't think they're going to bring it up. Yeah. I, I don't think, think it'll so just either. I think they're just going to try to do the best that they can with with what the Jets are willing to give them. All right. So now I'm here for my number 2 pick. My really, number 2 is still available, so I I I hope that I'm sure, I hope that you don't take it. I'm starting to think that we won't have many overlap cuz well, yeah, I approach I'm, this I'm a little funnily. Um Let me let me just let me just make sure all right, I'm going to go ahead and go for this one. I, I mean, I think it's huge. This might be your number two, actually. Um, but I just think everything around Makai Becton is going to be really interesting to see. Um, you think about what these last two years have been for Makai Becton. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there has been what two season ending injuries yep um you know weight gain people talking sh shit in the media like obviously his mental health has not been great him talking you know, he's shit come back. Out and said that him talking shit back you know the drama um you know just continued injuries and continued questions and and, and like last year at this time what we kept saying about makai it was like we talked about it every week is is it truly is going to be a question mark until you see that guy go out there week one and, you know, be on the football field. And I think, you know, that is obviously still true because, you know, at the end of the day, we need him to get healthy through or stay healthy until, you know, the season and throughout the season. But 
we have it's felt like we've been so in the dark for everything that's going on with Makai Becton over these past couple off seasons. And what I'm really excited to see is just like his practice attitude and, and, you know, how he carries himself around and his interactions with the other guys and how things are going with him. And, you know, just to be able to, obviously hard knocks isn't perfect. They're not going to show us everything the real way. And it's also like going to be a week delayed or whatever, but to be able to actually get some type of insight and like a feeling on the pulse of like what's going on with Makai Becton, how is that going? What is, you know, happening in the building? I think that's going to be really exciting to see. And it's going to shed some light on something that otherwise, you know, we haven't, we've really been in the dark and fans have a lot of, of opinions about it, but we haven't really known what's going on, you know, during practice, during training camp, how he carries himself, how he looks. So for me, Makai Becton, it's been a story since he was drafted. He's supposed to be, you know, this cornerstone left tackle, you know, piece. And this is a make or break year for him. So I think this is going to be a huge focus for, for hard knocks. Yeah, that, that's a great pick. It's going to be a huge topic of conversation. This is one of those ones. And I will say it was very high on, on my board as well, too. So it wasn't my number two, but I had it. I would have taken it in that next round as well. Um, to me, you know, when I, when I worry about the, what the jets are going to give, like when I talk about the negative topics of hard knocks, are we going to get the full access into Makai? Like if Makai is a problem early on and say that, you know, he's, he's hussing and fussing over being a right tackle, or maybe he's just not, you know, ready to go. Um, what access are we going to be given into Makai? I really hope that we do get the full story because you're right. There is a lot that we don't know the ins and outs of. We can hope that we, you know, we can think that we've heard all of it, but we don't, we're not there at practice. We want to see what's going on. How is his behavior around the, 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 his teammates? You know, he's another guy that I was mentioning when we were talking about Quinnen, where it's like these other players have come, you know, they've outspoken they're they're unhappy and all this. And Quinnen kind of just kept shut. Makai is one of those guys that's still on the team where you're like, what, what, what do you want out of this upcoming season? I think, you know, being able to shed a light on that and get some time with him, will be really good to feel that way. Does he feel in a situation where he wants to prove his worth, uh, you know, and commit to being a good right tackle with the hopes of following in, you know, the steps of like an Orlando Brown jr. One of these other tackles that then gets traded to be another team's left tackle the year beyond. Does he prove himself to where, hey, Dwayne Brown is going to retire at the season end and they've all mended things here with the Jets where, hey, you're the left tackle now for the New York Jets. Like there's a lot of ways that his season is going to unfold, a lot of different avenues. Um, and so that will be a really intriguing topic of conversation as, as we approach this summer and, and hopefully the season because we need a good offensive line. We need a solid five up there and Makai is a, an integral part of that. So um, hopefully he, you know, this is a, a story that goes more positive than it does negative. Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, the sub storyline of it is exactly what you're just talking about. You know, like him saying, I want to be a left tackle and Robert Salas saying, go out and earn it. And yep. Dwayne Brown being an established veteran who had a really good year last year as a left tackle. Um, you know, are we going to see some of those nuanced conversations about that are, you know, and and Makai's one where you do worry of like how much will be included, how much will be excluded, just because it it, it seems like such a, a like radioactive topic, you know, like it could go really well or really poorly. Um, and and yeah, yeah. 
Yep, I I agree. It was when I wrote down my topics. the The topic name was Mackay Becton roller coaster because that's just all it's been so far. There's been some good yep. that we've seen more recently. There's been a lot worse. You think that he's on the right track now as well too, but only one way to find out. And HBO hopefully will shed a light on that for us all. All right, so I've got two now. I've got two picks. Yeah, yeah, and then you only have one left once you're done. So oh shit, I got to be really careful with this because I I do want to have I want to have a a good variety in here. You know what? This to me was my number two, so I'm just gonna stick with this one. Yeah. To me, one of the storylines I'm most excited to to shed a light on, um, and I'm taking a combination of guys. It's the rookies of the year. You know, we have a situation here in New York where a guy in Garrett Wilson, a guy in Sauce Gardner, were undoubtedly the best of their class this past season. Um, you know, people could argue, you know, you, you if you wanted to throw Brees in there with the rookies, I'm not going to. I think he fits into a different type of storyline. But for me to be the Jets and coming out here where you're entering your second season and you not only have the 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 best wide receiver of last year's draft class and a guy that is going to be even elevated there with Aaron Rodgers, but you've also got undoubtedly one of the top cornerbacks in all of football in Sauce Gardner. Um, their storyline, I, I would love to see if there's, you know, what the relationship between the two is. I think HBO is going to spin their story and spin their web together. No, they don't play the same position. No, they're not on the same side of the field, but they are intertwined together because they were of that same draft class, picked six picks apart, and they both had dominant rookie seasons. So to me, I'm really excited to see about like, how are they going to form these two and tie them together? Garrett Wilson obviously is going to get a massive bump in production this year with his new quarterback sauce. You know, it, Teams aren't going to throw his way. And we had this conversation last week when we were talking about the beef with Asante Samuel. It's like, people are like, oh, he's got to get, he was like, got to get more. People aren't going to throw his way. So I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see the sauce relationship with Aaron Rodgers because as we all remember, you know, sauce picked him off. They won in Green Bay. He puts on the cheese, uh, the cheese head as well too. So that was a really fun storyline. You know, you think of the off season in the recruitment of Aaron Rodgers where sauce was like, I'm going to burn the cheese head if we can get him, you know, we'll make amends. Um, so I'm just excited to see the two pillars of of the 2022 NFL draft class, um, both members of the New York Jets and just how they are kind of, you know, in, in a second season also now as, as uh, slightly more established players taking on a little bit larger of a role there. Yes, you were fantastic on the field. How are you in the locker room? How are you behaving around guys, the rookie classes, you know, corners, wide receivers, new guys to the team? Um, I'm, I'm very excited to see how, sauce and garrett are kind of spun um through the eyes of hard knocks this summer yeah i like that pick uh obviously those are two guys that it, it will be exciting to just like get more you know insight into who they are and, and what makes them tick and how they act you could do a, a sauce is sauce is one guy that i think you've seen so much of he's done you know the magazines and he's got the like i feel like Garrett almost I don't know enough about so I'm really yeah, excited like I while I that. know we're gonna get great stuff out of sauce I'm really excited to learn about who Garrett Wilson is as a person yeah and I think that can be said for a lot of these guys you know the Jets have done a good job of like building these like fun you know care about football football's everything like good guys who seem to have a really good relationship off the field it'll be exciting to see all those guys dynamics I, I definitely like your twist because for the purpose of this draft, you know, like how will HBO spin it? I I totally am with you. That makes perfect sense. That like they're gonna show the two of them and you know talk about one, talk about the other, show them going against each other, um, which is awesome. You know, like like 
that I already know, like that is going to get me so hyped when they show the clip of, you know, Garrett Wilson running one-on-one on on, uh, sauce Gardner. I was just uh, watching, you know, the old hard knocks and they were talking about how I I was telling to, to my girlfriend, I was like, this team is so stacked. Like they were, they just had so many guys and they show, you know, Braylon Edwards running against uh, Cromartie, you know, and, and those Mm -hmm. are even the number two guys at their respective positions. And it's like, that team was just so stacked. And that's kind of how this feels like you have two, two players who immediately came in one rookie of the year, you know, the best thing to project future success is previous success. Um, So yeah, obviously really excited for those guys. And, and I agree with you, like seeing them take on leadership, you know, they go from rookies who, Basically, if they do anything positive, it's going to be looked at as a great thing. Now it's okay. You're in the league again. You better live up to these expectations. You know, quote Rex Ryan, the best place to be is where expectations are high. Um, so yeah, that'll be excited to learn more about those guys and just see how they're continuing to attack. Cause hopefully, I mean, these are, you know, two of our best players Franchise cornerstones. for the next couple, for the next long while yeah 10 years get put 10 years on there theodore 10 seasons i'm in all right um with my wraparound pick you know i'm i'm gonna throw a little variety in there this is this is a personal pick this is something this is something that i'm just very invested in in getting some time on i want the nathaniel hackett redemption story like i want like a good 20 minute chunk on that Um, and, and I say personal because I have been one of the earliest supporters of Nathaniel Hackett back to his offensive coordinator days with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I, I just, I thought what he was able to do with that team, you get them to an AFC title game with one of the worst quarterbacks in football. I just was very impressed with him early on. Um, he continues it in with green Bay and you're catching him at such an intriguing time because obviously he had one of the worst head coaching um, experiences in, in recent memory. You know, he, he kills it with Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVPs. Um, and, or was it, was it back-to-back? Yeah. He went back-to-back. Right. We're talking about or was, or Aaron Rodgers. Oh, it was back-to-back yeah, yeah. MVPs. Back-to-back. Back to back. Yeah. Yes, so he yes, goes yes. back-to-back. 19 and 20. He, he does a great job with that. And then he gets hired as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. They bring in Russell Wilson and it couldn't have gone worse. You know, it, yep. it just was bad on all accounts. And so now you've got him back here, back to the position really that he made his name at offensive coordinator. He thrived in Jacksonville. He thrived in Green Bay. He's now here in New York. Um, I, I am just all in on a on a heartwarming redemption story for a coach that I think, you know, listening to him in interviews, I, I, I've i listened to him talk with Pardon My Take before last season, just like a good dude. Um, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing how he is taking this opportunity to really um, hone back in on his craft, acknowledge what went wrong, what uh, went wrong in Denver, um, how you know his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, how he's going to work with these great offensive pieces like a Brees Hall, like a Garrett Wilson, um, you know, managing an offensive line. You know, I, I'm just very excited to see him get a second chance at proving why he is a, a an unbelievable offensive coach in football because he really is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's probably been overshadowed by Aaron Rodgers a little bit in all yep. this, um, especially when, when a guy who comes in with, with the, um, 
prominence and history that Aaron Rodgers has. You just kind of see that guy as an extension of the of the coordinator. But I'm totally with you. I think you might even be a little too close to the situation because you love Hackett and you want to see it. You think it's personal. But like, I think that's a huge one that that probably tons of people are excited to see, yeah. you know, because obviously there's a great story there of everything that went wrong last year, his previous success with Rodgers and the Packers. Um, so, yeah, that will definitely be awesome. And hopefully it, it, it you know, it will be definitely funny because Nathaniel Hackett was kind of like the easy butt of the joke or is it butt or butt of the joke? I don't know. Uh, um, I don't want to sound know. stupid, so I'll just come out and let everyone it know. I don't the know. same when you say <laughs> it. you're not typing yeah. it out. So it just it sounds the true, same. true. So it will be funny that like he's going to be the first thing that everyone sees after being removed from the 2022 season, you know, and like, there will definitely be some jokes going around on Twitter and things like that. Um, but I'm there, totally there will with be, you. There will be jokes in hard knocks about it. Like he is a very like humorous yeah. guy too. Like I'm sure he's going to crack a joke about how poorly it went. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I, for me, my hack it spin um, which I'll just kind of throw in here was was like the Packer reunion. Like I think yeah. they'll be like, and you know, camp comes with some familiar faces. Yeah, and, and we got to clip this if this happens. Uh, oh, that's but, great. That's that's totally gonna be it. Like it'll probably be first seen Aaron Rodgers, and then they'll go right into Hackett and the, the offense, and then they can go wherever they want from there. But you think about you know you have Hackett, Rodgers, Cobb, you have Doyle, Billy um, Turner. Which, yeah, there's a ton of Adrian guys. Adrian Amos. There's, it's going to be really easy for them to kind of like at least bring that up in some way. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, talk hmm. about the Hackett-Rogers relationship, the Rogers-Cobb relationship. Having Doyle in that QB room, they're going to make seem as like this huge thing. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I totally think that's a good pick. And it's definitely an important thing that will almost certainly be talked about as the offensive coordinator. Um, but yeah, Hackett, our boy Hackett has he definitely needs that redemption arc like last year was not a good year for him just for it his big brand you know it was bad and hopefully most of that falls on on russell wilson and the situation and having to be a, a head coach and not being able to focus on one thing you know thankfully urban meyer existed or else like we right? look at nathaniel hack it is like the worst of the like the 21st failure. century like it it just it ended so quickly and it was so bad from day one and I've always said, and I, I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson guy out there. Like, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find yeah. out who was more wrong. Maybe it was both weren't just a good pair. Maybe Sean Payton makes Wilson electric, and maybe Nathaniel Hackett is great here with the Jets. But like, we're gonna figure it out one way or the other. So yeah, really That's excited fun. to see Nathaniel Hackett get some airtime on HBO. Love it. This is a fun game. I wish we could do this every week. I honestly, I was thinking, I was my thought that just popped in my head when we get to the honorable mentions. I was like, this is going to be the longest fucking podcast we've ever recorded. So. Right. Yeah, true. <laughs> um. All right. So I got two picks here to end it, right? So I just go back to so back. So you go back to back and then I've got one more. And then you got one left. All right. Yep. So I got two here. So, all right. So end of the draft here. My first one I'm going to go with is I'm very excited to see all the old players that were former Jets, especially from my time, you know, those AFC championship years, I'm going to be really excited to see them all make their appearances at training camp. Um, and, and guys, I'm thinking of specifically, you know, Mark Sanchez, Damian Woody, Brandon Marshall, Nick Mangold. I'm sure there's some other guys I'm forgetting, 
So you are forget this was this was going to be what I was going to steal in the last round and I'm going to tie this in because it deals with the same thing. I mean we're and I'm 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 handing you this so just take it as a gift. I mean we're going to get the Hall of Fame, you know, we got the Hall of Fame game. We're getting Darrell Reeves and Joe Klecko. Like we're getting oh, that yeah. content as well Most too. Certainly. So this yes. this is all into the same kind of realm yeah. here. That's where I was going to go with my final pick. So I'm I'm happy I love to that. Damn, I'm sorry to steal that from you a little. I, it's kind of you could have gotten away with it there. It's, um, it, to me, it's in the same kind of right. Realm. Seeing the old players will be awesome. The guys I listed, especially, are just like media personalities. So they're going to be around, you know, at, at least for like one day. But but guys mm-hmm. like Mangold and Woody, they kind of like cover the Jets. Um, so yeah, that will just be fun. I'm sure there'll be a lot of fun conversations of former players talking to the current guys um, of them kind of playing around, talking about things that they used to see and dissecting the game together. Um, It's just going to be really fun and really nostalgic. And to bring in what you're saying, like the fact that we're going to get Revis being inducted into the hall of fame, like that feels so perfect, you know, because he, he deserves as big of a stage as he can get for that. And for him to be able to do it on this show that, that however many people are going to watch is huge. Um, I forgot what else I was just going to say about Darrell Rivas, but no, it's, it's exciting. And, and it, it's like, this is what we watch it for, you know, like, like I keep bringing it up, but on the last time the Jets were on hard knocks, it's all about Rivas holding out, you know? And then here we are 12 years later, 13 years later, and it's all about Rivas fucking going into the hall of fame game. Like that's absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, that'll just be fun to see all those guys kind of mix it up with the new guys. Um, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, I didn't even think to the extent of like Sanchez and Mangold who are definitely now more like public figures of it, but we saw in training camp last year, them being around the team. And, you know, it just, to the point that they're at now, I believe they got it. Mark didn't, but there was the ring of honor that they got Mangold and was it to Brickishaw that also got in there as well too last year? Yeah. Was, I think it was Mangold brick and who am I forgetting? Was it Woody? I don't know could have been i i don't know but to yeah. to mix in there as well too like i said the hall of fame game you know it's it's it, it is perfect timing to go and recognize two jets legends we are it probably would be that uh i guess maybe that second episode because the hall of fame game is going to be after the first episode airs so it might be that second episode where we'll get a lot of good content yeah there green on, and white will Reeves. be the first episode it's yeah. always the the and then, team scrimmage but getting getting to recognize it and it's it's on one hand it's funny because it's not like the jets you know it's not like this crew that we're talking about is like super bowl champions and guys that you know won titles with the jets they you know it's but it is kind of the most important guys of the 21st century um and and to be able to highlight revis and Klecko as well too there um you're going to get some really good time talking about you know just some all-time great jets there and recognize that Maybe it hasn't, you know, brought them the most success on the field, but there were some great players to, to, uh, you know, be a member of the organization over the last two decades. So um, I, I, after you mentioned Mangold and Sanchez, I was like, don't, you know, we've got the hall of fame game as well in there too. So I think that all ties in as to like former jets greats that are going to be parts of, of hard knocks and members of, yeah. of what, you know, they're going to all get some airtime on here. I wonder if Namath will still come out. You know, he's obviously a little older these great. days, but, down but next he to always Aaron. likes to come to he always likes to come down to uh to training camp. So yeah, that should be fun. Um, I think you're gonna love my last one. 
I have a few that I, I'm still trying to figure out which one I'm going to take with my last pick. You might make my life easier, but I'm excited to see where you go with this. Yeah, well, where I'm going with the last one, which which part of me wanted to pick this one first, and then I was like, that would just be disrespectful to, to oh, everything else. But I'm really wait. excited a, about the uh, the diving into the Zach Wilson story. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I don't, because he's now the backup quarterback, I think maybe it will be like, the start of episode two or sometime in episode two, three range. Yeah. But I 100% think we're going to get, you know, Zach Wilson with his family doing something, you know, a, a day out, whatever, or maybe when they went to the Taylor Swift. Well, I guess they didn't know they were going to be. In. That's another interesting thing is usually hard knocks has some clips from things that happened previously, but this got announced so late. It feels like they wouldn't have had time to do any of that. Right. Um, but I think there will be some type of like, oh, here's Zach Wilson with his big family, you know, doing something. And then I also just think, you know, we've talked about it. Like, I was ready to bury Zach Wilson and say we should cut him, get rid of him, do whatever. And the one potential thing that could have happened that would give me a 5% chance that this guy could make it work is Aaron Rodgers coming to 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 be the quarterback in front of him. Um so I think that's going to be obviously a really interesting dynamic to jump into. Um, they've they've been friends, you know, it, that's been in the media. They've talked highly of each other. Um, it will be funny, you know, like a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers and like a 23-year-old Zach Wilson is kind of like a an odd couple there. But, but I think that's like an easy one that they're almost certainly going to get into. And I guess like my, my, prediction my projection I, I that i really want to stick is like there's almost definitely going to be some oh here's zach wilson with his big family like i i really think that's going to happen so you know the the jets have already come out and said they're going to be against kind of like the negative stories and like the cutting the players and all the stuff like that but what one thing that hard knocks is good for is guys that need just a little positive stuff in Facts. the press nathaniel hackett was a guy that i took that was the same way zach wilson like Things couldn't have gone worse for the former number two overall pick. And this will be a good opportunity to just shed some light on the person that Zach Wilson is. He got a really bad rep for, you know, his quotes post in that uh, Patriots game last year. And it was just like, this guy doesn't have, you know, what it takes to be the leader of a team and kind of the franchise quarterback. So this will be a really good opportunity for him to paint himself in a brighter light, to show a lot of acceptance over what happened in the early stages of career of his career how he is going to take this new opportunity as a backup behind one of the all-time greats to learn and try and resurrect his career beyond these Aaron Rodgers seasons. Um, it was one of the ones that I was going to include here. Um, I've heard yeah, a lot of people, nice. I've heard a lot of people talk down about the Zach Wilson story. I was, I read a piece where it was like, you know, they were talking about like how they didn't want to even see, you know, the Zach Wilson conversation. There is a way in which that you're going to, you're going to leave the Zach Wilson conversation thinking higher of him. You're going to think better of Zach Wilson when this, when this, the, the fluff please fluff piece on him is done because one, not much lower that you can go on where your thoughts are with Zach Wilson currently, that but fine. two, I think they are going to do a really nice job trying to focus in on, on the person that he is, the man that he is and how he's taking this opportunity head on. And he's going to embrace this backup role and, and still be, you know, a contributor to the organization as a, as a good member of the jets, not necessarily with his production on the field. Hopefully that is something that comes later on, but as of right now, he is just going to be there for the team and helping out in the best way that he can. 
um, and, and learning from this opportunity. Because here's the thing, beyond beyond Aaron Rodgers, you know, being a guy in here that's going to teach him a lot as well, too. This is an offensive coordinator that isn't taking this job for the first time. We've seen him do wonders with a guy in Blake Bortles. We've seen him do wonders in a guy with Aaron Rodgers and how he resurrected Rodgers after a few down seasons. Like there is work that I think Nathaniel Hackett can also provide to Zach Wilson here where it's like. Yes, we wanted the first few seasons of Zach Wilson's career to go better, but all things considered, this isn't a bad spot to be in as a way to kind of hopefully if there is something in there, because talent is in there. But if, if there is an opportunity for him to turn things around in the slightest, this isn't a bad spot to be in. Yeah. And I really do think like, it's hard when things kind of fall apart on you, you know, like in Zach Wilson, he didn't have the confidence. He didn't have the technique. He didn't have the footwork. Like all these things kind of happen it's really hard to kind of like focus on those things on the fly while you're also trying to like perform while you're playing, you know, and have the pressure of the team and, and the results all on you. Um, So I do think there's definitely an opportunity for Zach, you know, the pressure's kind of lifted off him to be the number two guy. Um, He's really just got to focus on what he needs to get done. And hopefully he can at least be some type of player, you know, they're, there may be times that if it, say Aaron Rodgers gets injured or say something happens, you know, like Zach Wilson being a quarterback for this team is still like a very plausible thing that could happen. So it's important to just kind of monitor that obviously, because it's either going to be kind of what we all projected where, all right, this guy's gone. He, he really can't get it done. Or we're going to see a remarkable turnaround that, that none of us ever really expected. Look, man, you're dead on. I'm laughing because it's just like such a a scary situation to find yourself in. But like, imagine we get to this point where even for a drive, you know, there are times where like, you know, last season where, you know, Rodgers came up limp and then it's Jordan Love in there for, you know, a drive or two. And it's like, there's going to be situations where Zach Wilson is probably out on the football field. So um, very interesting to monitor. Obviously, you know, one of the bigger, you know, topics of conversation here. So it, it was it was one of the three that I was trying to pick between for my final pick. So I'm glad I just have to narrow this down to two now. Um, but it's right. definitely a worthwhile conversation. Teddy, I'm doing it. I'm doing it with my final Let me know. pick. We can't, we can't not talk about Denzel Mims here. We got to oh put in some gosh. Denzel Mims talk. Here's where I sit now. You know, to me, this is those storylines where um, the fringe guy uh, on the team, you know, Denzel Mims is sitting at a position now where, you know, Typically, you're going to carry five guys at the receiver position um, at the end of the season. And if you take a look at those five right now, it is going to be Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Corey Davis, Mecole Hardman, and Randall Cobb. Like, to me, those five guys are roster locks. Um, You could talk me into Randall Cobb just doesn't have it, and they cut him. But to me, you brought him in with Aaron Rodgers to keep him here throughout the season, even if he's just sitting the bench like he's going to be here. Do the Jets carry a sixth wide receiver and keep Denzel Mims around? Do they try and trade Denzel Mims for the second season in a row? Can you even trade Denzel Mims as they probably tried to last year? He is one of those guys that has, you know, there have been guys that have stated their displeasure with the team. Jamal Adams, when he first got here, they shipped him off as soon as they could. Elijah Moore, you know, expressed his displeasure with the team. They shipped him off as soon as they could. The Jets have held on to Denzel Mims. Throughout this entire tenure, he is one of those guys like, you know, Quinn and we talked about how he's the first guy to get the second contract. Denzel is like the guy that has stood through here and he hasn't gotten on the field. And, and he's one of those guys that I just want 10 minutes on just being like, 
how's your experience been with the Jets? Because yeah. it's it, it's I just I want to know your perspective of it because right now we just we see him as a guy at the bottom of the wide receiver room. And this is the point into the season now where you look and you're saying positionally, how many guys are going to keep on the active roster? I, I don't think he's a guy that sits on the practice squad. So like, I just want to know his experience in his tenure with the jets. Um, I want to hear him make his case for how he can be, you know, you know, a helpful asset to this team in 2023. And I want to see how it ends because I, I, are they going to keep six wide receivers? Do they? Maybe they do. I don't know. Are they going to, you know, does Randall, some, does somebody get banged up? Do they trade away somebody? Does Randall Cobb not have it in the tank anymore? Like this is just such uh, an intriguing storyline. And and he's been a, such a, a fun topic of conversation before even this podcast started, you know, just oh, conversations yeah. of Denzel Mims between the two of us. I, I want 10 minutes on Denzel. Yeah. Mims. And I think this is this is like a pick for the Jets fans, you know, because yes. this is one where like the national media isn't going to care about Denzel Mims. But anyone who's been a fan over the last four years, you know, it's like we when we drafted Denzel Mims, we were hoping he could be Garrett Wilson, you know, like when you take him in the <laughs> second round and, and do what you do, like you're hoping Oh, is Denzel Mims going to be the guy? Is he going to be able to be the number one wide receiver? Um, and, you know, through like thing you know seemingly negative things of you know him not working hard enough and things like that to then that narrative kind of turning around and it always being positive about him but him really just being a backup guy who doesn't get in a ton I I totally am with you I'm excited to see this I do I will say this is kind of the discussion we had about Mims last year where we were like are they really gonna keep a six receiver um and they ended up doing it they ended up keeping him Jeff Smith Braxton um, along with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore um, and and Denzel as the sixth guy Um, so you know part of me is like he's lasted this long you know (laughs) there might be some reason that he did I'm trying to remember because the big thing with Denzel Mims it's always like if you're not going to be a contributor on special teams it's kind of hard to put you in that spot Yep. I'm trying to think if he has like done more special teams over the past couple of years. I'm 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 kind of not really remembering that very clearly. Um but yeah, that will be an interesting one to watch definitely and and you know, he's a guy I root for definitely just because of the history we've had with him, but you know, we've talked about it a ton. This wide receiver room is loaded and, and you know, when you look at two guys who maybe are going to be on the fringe of you know, that sixth spot with Randall Cobb or that fifth, sixth spot with Randall Cobb and Mims, you know, it's like they're not going to be cutting Randall Cobb, who they brought in, who's one of the best friends of the quarterback. Like, that's not going to be happening. So I'm totally with you. I'm yeah. rooting for him to not get cut, but I get you. He was on uh, three special teams plays last season. So, yeah, he See, got that's three not out great there. for him. <laughs> <laughs> that's not great uh, for his his case but that's what the thing is like he he didn't get caught last year you know right i i also think last year without knowing i guess early on with garrett wilson i guess you could say that the jets knew because they were in the organization but you were looking at this depth chart saying like we probably need to keep a few guys around and then you know braxton has the down year elijah takes a step back like it was necessary to have more bodies here where you're sitting there and it's like 
Denzel Mims is firmly your six. Maybe he's more talented than Randall Cobb, but Randall Cobb isn't going anywhere. He's here because right. Aaron Rodgers is here. So now you're sitting and you're like, okay, if we're looking at positions and where we need other guys at, they still need, you know, they probably could use some more depth at linebacker. You know, we you want to carry have 100 defensive tackles. Exactly. Like you need to, <laughs> like, we're going, we're going to get a Denzel Mims story. I, I, yeah. I need it. Yeah. I need it. And that'll finish I'm excited for that here. as well. Yeah. Pretty good um, draft. Those are good picks. Great picks. Yeah. What what got left off the list for you? We don't need to spend forever on them, but I do want to have a few conversations over some things. Yeah, no, definitely. The top. So, I mean, just quick. Um, one I added late uh, is like DJ Reed. I'm hoping that mm. uh, just the fact that like more people will be watching, you know, people can kind of, oh, DJ Reed is their other cornerback. And I think that would be good for him because because I mean, he he like tweets about it himself all, all the time. But like he is that guy who is just so good and gets no recognition. Um, so I think that would be good if he could kind of get a little bit of that hard knocks love. Yeah. Um, another one I had was, you know, a newborn baby. I'm not exactly sure where we stand with, um, you know, like I think Quinnen just had a baby. Right. And Makai had one last year. Um, but I feel like they love being like, oh, I'm a new dad. Like, I think that's going to be uh-huh. in there. Definitely. Um, Didn't have that one on what my else board. Did I have you, you hop in with a couple here. But the one that I was going to choose, I chose Mims because he's the, he's the story that I need. Um, the one that I was choosing is the offensive pieces that are coming back from major offseason surgeries or major major surgeries, essentially. So, like, we didn't mention Brees Hall at all. Brees Hall is a big storyline here. Oh, this offense true. changed drastically when he got hurt. And not just him. To me, it's a trio of players. It's Brees Hall, Elijah Vera Tucker, both of those guys returning and being, you know, key, you know, pieces of this offense. And then, you know, we don't talk about it a much. Um, he didn't participate in OTAs. Nicole Hardman did have core uh, muscle surgery in the offseason as well, too. So just offensive pieces trying to get healthy to help this Jets offense out. Um, it took a huge step back when AVT and Brees Hall went down. Nicole obviously is sliding in here in a little bit different kind of a story, but Brees Hall and him and their rebound and their availability um, during the, the early parts yeah. of training camp will be something very important to monitor. I actually think that's a huge one and, and kind of a misstep for I, us. I almost took it. I almost took I, I wanted to talk Mims. But you wanted to roast it was the two Mims. <laughs> Picking Mims over that is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um, what's awesome about that, though, is like, I mean, Brees is everything he's saying is hyping it up that he seems like he's going to be ready. Um, which, you know, you never want to believe that, but yeah. until okay, if he's out there day one of training camp, you know, running full or whatever, like, or, or whatever happening, you're going to start to believe it then. And having this kind of insight and, you know, that extra insight of, Hey, we got 40 minutes of, of hard knocks coming out every week. Maybe we'll learn a little bit about where Brees Hall stands, what his likelihood is, how his, has uh, progress is coming you know it, it matters to a lot of us both as Jets fans and as fantasy managers um so yeah that that's a huge one I I can't believe I didn't even think of that but hopefully those storylines are hey these guys heal fast yes. as hell oh yeah exactly <laughs> they're ready ready to go um yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see a, a couple other ones these are more just like football like worried about the Jets like who's playing free safety 
Are, are, are we going to put Whitehead back out there again? That didn't go well last year. Adrian Amos had a bad year as well, too. Are we going to trust Tony Adams, who only has like 100 snaps playing defense in his NFL career? Yeah, like, it's going to be Whitehead, who's, don't you who's think? Playing, who's playing for it, it? was bad. It was bad. It wasn't be bad. Um, be confidence out of backup tackles. Uh, I would love to see just like, let's get feeling good about Max Mitchell, Billy Turner, right. Carter Warren. Yeah. You know, one of those three guys. Um, And then the last one, this was just like another personal favorite. Like, I just need two sentences on a microphone from Michael Clemens because like he is a man of few words and I just want to hear what those few words are. Yeah, no, that that will be exciting for sure. Um, Michael Clemens is an absolute goat. I love that guy. I can't wait to Um, hear him. My only other one I had, which, which, so this one, when Blake and I first had this idea, this was something you actually brought up, Blake um but oh, yeah, but it's like the, the 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 Ruckert family Jeremy Ruckert's I, family yep, yep. you know born and raised Jets fans oh, and all great. that good stuff the dad who everyone loves um and then along with that I think the tight end battle is going to be a really interesting uh thing yeah, yeah you know we're talking yeah. about you, you you can't have a ton of guys at every position can't have the four Jets the Jets have um Uzama they have Tyler Conklin they have um Ruckert they have Jeremy Rucker, and then we Yeboa. drafted um, Kuntz in the seventh round along with uh, Yaboa. So that's five guys, yeah. all who, you know, like Kuntz is a draft pick. Yaboa is a guy who, you know, we signed as a as an undrafted free agent and who actually did stick and was able to kind of have a little bit of flashes last year. And then, of course, you have the two guys we signed along with the rookie pick last year. So – seeing where that group falls and who's kind of the odd man out, you know, it kind of seems like, okay, Yaboa would be the first to go maybe, but then do you keep four? Are you cutting one of those guys? Like what exactly is going to happen there? I'm really intrigued to see. Um, and I think, you know, similar to the fullback uh, controversy going on in, in hard knocks, the first time the jets run it, I think this mm-hmm. could be one where we kind of have to monitor it the whole time because it's not like these are going to be guys who are going to be cut the first round of cuts you know to me these are guys that they really believe in and it's going to be a hard decision of okay who are the three maybe four that we end up wanting to keep this will definitely be that yeah they have that classic position group that they they mentioned maybe briefly in episode one and they keep checking on it in two and then you have that final you know cut down it at, at, in the final episode of hard knocks definitely a position group that it isn't the most uh, enticing. It's not like they've got, you know, a glamorous set of tight ends there, but it is a very competitive room. And you're right that it is a guaranteed lock that we are getting 10 to 15 minutes of the Ruckert family uh, born and raised in the area. Huge Jets fans like that is to me that conversation outside of the big ones that we, we know we're getting Aaron Rodgers, We know we're getting Quinn in. We're know we're getting the rookies, like the, the fringe storylines that we're going to get. I, I almost think I, I am guaranteeing Denzel Mims. I'm guaranteeing Jeremy Rucker. Like we are getting those, those, um, those insights, um, which are going to be super, just, just fun parts of the show. Not really the X's and O's, but we're going to get the really interesting storylines of both of those individuals and their, their families and the, kind of the the ties to the new york jets essentially yeah hell yeah i think this uh it's gonna make watching even funner now more fun because now it's like we have this extra motivation like like my big questions coming away from this are we gonna see the inside of aaron Rodgers' house you know no way are we gonna dive deep into makai back yeah but even his jersey house maybe like 
are are they gonna all, all these kind of predictions that we've had of of you know is it gonna go directly from Aaron Rodgers to hey here's some familiar faces with that you know like these are gonna oh be that's fun that's happening that we, that we can almost guarantee yeah uh, they're joking um, so, about the Packers so this will be sure. a good time to watch I'm really excited for this to be honest man this I, got I, me amped up. I haven't watched all of Hard Knocks in a long time and I'm yeah I'm real excited to to get in I've been listening the 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 theme song which is so iconic obviously mm-hmm. um for any game of thrones out there it sounds very similar to the reigns of castamere which is it's like the lannister song in game of thrones uh-huh. um that's like a theme in it but for anyone that's just a little easter egg out there because nerd it's almost like they were taken from each other that's I funny nerd. no i know i like the, i like the i like her oh, reigns of castamere is a banger and, song and, and game of thrones i'm a, I'm a fan both ways Oh, very fun. Well, Teddy, this is exciting. I think, um, you know, it'll be really fun. I mean, fuck. I mean, we're just a couple weeks away from Hard Knock starting on the 8th. So we've got two more episodes that will come out before the first step before the first episode of Hard Knock. So we're really knocking on knocking on heaven's door here. Um, And you know what I just realized, Blake? What? The Jets preseason game is August 3rd. So, Wait, the Hall of Fame game is the third? It's always a week before. Remember, I thought it it's was, always a week before I the first it was the week. Eleventh. Nope. So it's oh. possible that that might even be episode one, the Hall of Fame game. It definitely will be, right? It has to yeah. be. They have to spend some time on it. You would it. think so. August third. I didn't realize. I for some reason I thought it's always a week shrinking. Earlier. Yeah, but I thought shrinking to three weeks of the preseason meant that it was all pushed back. And no, week. that that last week is just a buy. They still kept the that fourth week. Oh. Yeah, it's lame. A bummer. Yeah. Well, hey, we we get <laughs> we get, get the Hall of Fame game soon. Earlier. Are we gonna have to do a Hall of Fame game preview podcast next week? Or probably uh, well, it'll fit in two weeks from now. The Hall of Fame game is always Fuck like it's such a tease because it's like oh i'm so excited for football and then it's like oh this is a preseason game oh there's not any other games for seven days you know like but even the game itself you're just like all right we i get it and yeah sure like right right away you're like really excited and then like after the first quarter you're like all right that was fun (laughs) yeah i can turn off the tv now yep exactly yeah that's fun all right cool well uh teddy uh, wraps up another great episode uh, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back here next week. Again, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Same as the YouTube channel. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at spring Blake. Um, exciting times. We're going to be forward. We're going to come back next week to our New York jets versus the world. We've still got a couple of teams that we want to dive into with that, but we wanted to take a break to really hone in on hard knocks and, and get us excited for that as well too. So we appreciate you listening as always, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace.